How many of you like true stories? How many of you like to watch things that say based on a true story or it has, you know, you know it's real? All right? The events of this story may, you know, is true or whatever. You know, they say this is based on a true story. All right. How many of us like different fictional things like superhero stuff and, you know, all these things would have the great ending at the end where somebody gets saved and, all right, right? As we know, what movie is coming out in a couple of weeks? Endgame the Endgame Avengers, right? So we're all looking forward to the Endgame Avengers, right? Who, who's looking forward to it? All right. Who watched Captain Marvel? All right. Let me just say this before I get started, all right? Tonight is not a night to joke around. Tonight is not a night to crack jokes. If there's any time you ever listen to what I had to say, let it be tonight. Because I want to talk to you about a good story. The greatest story that anyone has ever told. The story that, as a Christian, is everything that we hold on to. We know starting Sunday is the start of the Passion Week. And we know what happened. We know that as we think of the Passion Week and we think of Palm Sunday, we know that how when Jesus Christ was coming through on a donkey and people said, Hosanna, Lord, save us. And they threw the branches and they were basically saying, you are the king. You know, it was like, save us. This is what we want. A couple of days later, everything changes. Crucify him. In fact, we want to let go a killer, a murderer, so that Jesus is crucified, one that did nothing wrong. You know, when we consider religions, we consider different religions like Allah and, and Muslim, what, what, what is he? He's what? Dead. Selassie I, what is he? Dead. Joseph Smith, dead. All of these leaders are dead leaders. But as we look at God's word, we see that the Christian, we have a risen king. And that's what makes Christianity so different. This is why it's so true. And let me tell you something that's so great about the story of the resurrection. It had eyewitnesses. You know, we live in a culture today where everything is on social media. Where, you know, people just film the film. And let's be honest, sometimes we see things on social media that ain't even true, right? Because let's be honest, how many times has Will Smith been dead? Will Smith been dead plenty of times, right? According to social media. All right? Will Smith's not dead, by the way. Unless he died in the last two hours, he's not dead. I didn't have nothing flash on my phone, so he probably is not dead. But I've seen things pop up. Will Smith's dead. This person's dead. We see even in our own society, in our own culture here, when a fight is breaking out, instead of us calling the police first, what we want to do? Pull out the phone and record. All right? Somebody is dying. Somebody just got in a car accident, they're dying, but we'd rather pull out the phone and film it instead of getting help. Everything is all about the action, what we see. It's no different when it comes to the resurrection story. As we consider Luke chapter 23, 
Starting in verse 44, it says this. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now, I want you to consider this for a second. Twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Where is the sun normally? Dead heat, right? Straight up. All of a sudden, it's completely black. It's dark. We're not talking about when a storm comes by and it's cloudy. We're talking about darkness like outside right now. That's how much was upon Jesus on that cross. All of our sins was on him. In fact, Jesus had so much on him as he was beaten and everything else that happened to him that he died quicker than many other people on a cross. In fact, it was for a crucifixion when people were on the cross, they would come by and make sure you do die quicker. They would take a stick and bind your legs and break your legs so you would die quicker. So you couldn't keep on trying to push yourself up. You'd be dead. But guess what? Jesus had no bones broken. Why? Because the Bible told us in Isaiah, not one bone would be broken. He died quicker than anyone else because he had so much on him. When we consider this and we look at the story of the crucifixion and we think of our sin, we think of what Jesus Christ did for us, our response should be worship. Our response should be, what can I do for you? Verse 47, now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that assembled for the spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all of his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. You see, they recognized that Jesus was innocent. He had done nothing wrong. You know how we just did when we sent everyone outside just now? Not everyone was guilty, right? But the innocent suffer, right? Jesus Christ suffered for my sin, for your sin. He did nothing wrong, but did what his father had called him to do. Now, how many of you would want to die for the person next to you? All right. When we consider what Jesus Christ did for us, his blood paid the price for our sins. And when we consider the death of Christ, if the story ended there, it would be a sad story. It would be the worst thing possible that any of us could imagine. But the story doesn't end there. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Verse 2. And they found a stone rolled away from the tomb. Verse 3. 
But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, we can stop right there and think for a second, right? Because there are people who are popular, who people would say, let's, let's go try to steal their person's body. You know, they put the guards there, they put all these people there because they thought that, you know what, maybe disciples will try to come and steal the body. Or someone else may come and try to steal the body. But here it is, these women are getting ready to go and, and, and with the spices and the perfume to anoint the body. But yet they come and what they find, the stone is rolled away. While they per- perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek to live in among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee. Again, when we read this and we consider that Jesus is alive, now we may say to ourselves, well, how do we know for sure he's alive? What's the proof? Anyone could have come and took the body. Anyone could dress up and say he's alive. But we know that that's not where the story ends, right? We know that people saw him. And the witnesses saw him, and they understood, look, he is alive, and he's different because he, he did something that no one else has done. He rose from the dead. Yes, we know that Lazarus, as Jesus called Lazarus, he rose from the dead too, but he eventually died again. But Jesus didn't die again. He died for our sins, and now he's alive and well. And because of this, this separates us from any other religion, because we worship a risen king. But yet, so many people in this world put their hope in a dead person. They put their hope in dead people. And think to themselves, well, you know what? I'm going to follow this religion because of this. And the difference between any other religion is this, is that we don't want to call Christianity a religion, but we want to say it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so much more than just a religion. It's so much more than just following a bunch of rules. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That I say in my life, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. And I want to live for him. You see, the reality is is this tonight. Is that there are many of you in this room who have probably said, you know what? I have accepted Christ by Lord and personal Savior. But let me ask you this question. Are you living like it? Do people really could tell that you're a Christian by the way you live? Well, they would look at your life and say, you're a joke. Who do you think you're fooling? You call yourself a Christian, but she, you don't look nothing like Christ. See, Christ is the standard. I'm not your standard. Drew's not your standard. None of us are your standard. But Christ is your standard. That's what we want to be like. That's what we want to look like. We want to see a difference in our lives. Verse 7, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day rise. Verse 8, and they remembered his words. Verse 9, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now with Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these, these things to the apostles. 
but these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Again, it would be just like me telling you a story. Yeah, I saw this guy down the road, and he did this. You should have seen him, man. He, he beat up like five fellas, if just him one. And the list goes on, right? And I can make it the greatest story. That's kind of what the disciples probably was thinking. Yeah, right. Jesus is alive? What, what, what's wrong with y'all? Even though Jesus told him what he was going to do. And we know certain people like Thomas. What did Thomas have to do to believe it? He had to look at his hands. I want to see your hands. I want to see the scars. And then he believed. Why did Jesus have to die? But Romans 5 tells us. Romans 5 tells us that when we consider Romans 3.23, for all of sin and fall short of glory of God, we need to consider what Romans 5, verses 6 to 11 says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one is scarcely to die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8, But God showed the love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died the right time. Not the wrong time. The right time. He died for us because he loved us. He died for us because not he didn't say to you, you know what? Go pretty yourself up. Go change your clothes. Go do something with yourself and then come to me. No, no, no. He died for us when we were still sinning, when we wanted nothing to do with him. He died for us and he wants a relationship with you. What's stopping you from having a relationship with Jesus Christ? It should be nothing. But you know what stops some of us? The same people we're sitting by right now, our friends. A boyfriend, a girlfriend, drugs, alcohol. These are the things we'd rather put our hope and trust in. We think they, they make us happy, exciting. And you know what? I don't want you looking at other people. I want you to look at yourself. Because you know what's going to happen at the end of, at the, end of the day? You're going to stand for God and it's going to be you and him. No one else. And the problem is, is that what so many times do we blame other people? We never want to look at ourselves. Since therefore we have now been justified by blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have been reconciled. Now, like I said, I want to just challenge us tonight. When we consider the Easter story as so much more than just a good story, it's a life-changing story. You know, just as we wait in, in anticipation for the next movie, at like the Avengers, and we want to see what happens, the reality is that we know what happens in God's Word. 
we know that Christ is going to come back. And right now, we are either with Him or we're against Him. We're either a part of His family or we're not. The question for you tonight is what side are you on? Do you know Christ is your Lord and personal Savior? Do you say, you know what, I put my faith and trust in the risen King? Or are you a person that you know right now that if you were to die, you would go straight to hell? There's no in-between. You either have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to have the opportunity to worship Him forever, or you're going to be on this side here and you're going to be separated from God forever and be in torture and torment in hell. Ain't no in-between. Remember what's so great about our God? is that He's patient with us. Christ could come back any day. But he's so patient because he's given us opportunities to know him and to know him more. So my challenge tonight is this. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? The one that came to this earth and died for us. Who did nothing wrong who died, was buried, now is resurrected. That's a good story. That's a true story. That's a life-changing story. Are you going to let Jesus Christ change your life from the inside out? We're going to... The Easter story is more than just a story. We're going to play a song... Uh, we've done it in youth group probably a couple of years ago. It's just talking about how we need to recognize that we were once dead ourselves. And because of the love of Christ and because of the resurrected Christ, we in our own selves are changing every day. And we were dead in ourselves. But now us who know Christ our Lord, say we are alive and well and we have hope. So I want you to listen to this. If you know it, you can sing along. The song is called Resurrecting. The head that once was crowned with thorns Is crowned with glory now The Savior knelt to wash our feet Now at His feet we bow your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. The fear that held us now gives way to Him who is our peace. His final
was borrowed for three days His body there would not remain Our God has robbed the grave Our God has robbed the resurrected king is resurrecting me. Can you say that? Can you say that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and that he is truly changing you? I would challenge you, and if you don't know the Lord your person said you would talk to one of us. Because guess what? That's the greatest decision you can make. You know, we don't know, and, and I'm a person, I don't like to scare anyone into making a decision. But we never know when our last breath is going to come. You don't. Because let's be honest, today more young people are dying than older people. Sometimes we would say back in the, you know, years ago that we got a long life to live, but we don't know that anymore. The Bible says that now is a day of salvation. Don't wait, don't put it off. Because you never know when you will breathe your last breath. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray that you just continue to be on our time. Pray as we go to our small group that you would be honored in our time together, that we would discuss your word. And we just thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.